0: If you're a technical founder, how do you know how to achieve product market fit? How do you know how to manage your team? How do you know how to do anything within your business? They don't train you that in engineering school. Fortunately, Eric Weiss is here. He's a coach to technical founders. He helps them understand how to manage those processes within the business side of their company and also how to achieve product market fit amongst a bunch of other things. He came in and shared a total mass of wisdom with us. You're going to really enjoy this one.
1: Welcome to Scale Your SaaS, the podcast that gives you proven techniques and formulas for boosting your revenue and achieving your dream exit.
0: Brought to you by a guy who's done just that multiple times. Here's your host, Matt Wallach. And welcome to Scale Your SaaS. Very happy to have you here. Thank you very much for being here and taking time. Our goal is to help you grow your software company. So today, I'm really excited to have Eric Weiss with me. I was on Eric's show a few months ago, and now he has an opportunity to come onto our show because I just love this guy. He's doing some great stuff. Eric, thanks for coming on the show.
1: Thank you so much, Matt. I appreciate it. Uh, happy to be here, and I, I hope I can match your incredible energy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm sure you can. I'm sure you can, my friend. Uh, let me tell everybody about you, Eric. So, Eric is an executive coach at Full Cycle Executive Coaching. Eric works with technical founders, CTOs, CPOs, and VPs of engineering and product to intentionally mature with the needs of their business. He helps really develop strong leadership and and overcome growing pains that people face when they're in that growth stage. He helps executives discover their critical areas for growth, create clear intentions and an actionable plan and holds them accountable to achieve their goals. He's also the host at Chaos to Clarity podcast. Definitely some great stuff on that podcast. Go check out his show Chaos to Clarity right now. Once again, Eric, thanks for coming. I appreciate it. Thank you, man. Absolutely. So tell me what's going on with you lately.
1: Oh, my gosh! well, you know the the life of an entrepreneur uh, several different irons in the fire. Um, but as you mentioned, you know i've been been uh, been loving and enjoying doing the podcast. Having you on the show recently was a was a real treat, but um, being able to talk to some incredible um, saAS executives and thought leaders, we just had the CEO of Envision on the show, the CEO of gong uh, and some pretty incredible ones coming up that uh, I don't think I want to spoil just yet, but some big names. The momentum's growing, and uh, and again, it's just been a lot of fun. Um, and then also, I, I have a, as I've, obviously, I'm an executive coach, and I also have a startup accelerator um, called Chaos to Clarity as well, a Chaos to Clarity uh, accelerator. And I'm working with some really great um, early growth stage founders, helping them find product market fit,
0: um, build really incredible teams, and and get to scale. Super cool stuff you're doing. I just love it. So tell me, why did you choose to become an executive coach?
1: Well, it's really, it's, it's actually just sort of in my DNA. It's always been my leadership philosophy or my leadership style. Um, you know, I grew up obviously as, as an engineer. Um, I was an engineering leader and a CTO, and I always just found that I got the best out of people um, when I didn't make it about me, but really made it about them, uh, and helping them realize their potential and realizing uh, their goals um, through the vehicle of our, of my team and, and our company. Um, so it's just something I've always done, even as a sort of a side business throughout my career. And about five years ago, uh, I started my my own executive coaching business. Um, and again, been able to work with some incredible companies, um, you know, open AI as an example was a, was a client of mine a couple of years ago and had a lot of fun before they went and broke the world. <laughs> um, you know, and, and, you know, big companies, small companies, everything in between, but I love helping tech leaders, um, become better leaders, build better products and, uh, and actually have some fun while they're doing it
0: super cool. I think that's really what it's all about, making sure you have fun. I know that there's a lot of stresses that come with running a business, of course, mm-hmm. but you know, when I look back at some of my early stage companies, I just think about all the fun that we had and the good times. Isn't that right?
1: Yeah. Absolutely. There's a there's a there's actually a Buddhist quote that I like to use that is uh life is a journey and the destination is death. So you might as wow. well
0: enjoy the ride, right? Hmm. So true. I love that. I think I heard that but once you said it. I, I I remember it. But man, that's so true. And I think it is all about that destination. I want to ask you, working with technical founders, what do you feel are are some of the differences in how they approach tasks versus you know someone who have more of a business side background?
1: Yeah. Well. Um. Yeah. So the you know working with CTOs a lot. Um. They're definitely a bit more. Uh, well, I would say sometimes detail-oriented, process-driven, data-driven, um, and which is you know um, a blessing and a curse. So they can provide some structure and some rigor to maybe the more uh, flighty or or impulsive uh, CEO counterparts, um, but that also does become a challenge when maybe they lack some of the the vision and 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 the the story. Behind what they're doing. So I actually mm-hmm. coach a lot of CTOs to be more story vi- story driven and customer focused so that they can actually inspire um, the folks on their team because uh, uh, you know uh, against traditional wisdom, engineers are not robots, they're humans. And they actually care about the work that they're doing and the impact that they're having in the world. Um, and many engineering leaders don't do enough to really connect their work to the, the customer and the meaning.
0: Yeah, I I do believe that for the engineers that I've worked with, I think back to some of my CTOs and I I feel like they really do care that the product is helping. And it's so cool to see. And, you know, maybe coming in, not being an engineer myself, I might've had a different perception, but I've just really enjoyed my working relationship with them and how they Mm -hmm. approach what they're doing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think we all are looking for meaning and inspiration in our work. Um, and unfortunately, engineering is a little bit downstream or sort of down the assembly line. And they tend to get really disconnected from the customer and, and really from the from the mission. Um, and so I'm always coaching, you know, CEOs, CTOs, engineering leaders, etc., um, find compelling stories with every feature, with every task that you release, say what 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 does what impact is this thing making in the world?
0: I love that. I think that's so yeah. important too, because you, you're right. Engineering gets a bit disconnected from mm-hmm. the rest of, uh, or at least from the, the customer base, right? And they don't mm-hmm. really have that feel like customer success might, like sales does, of course. And yeah. so I, I, figuring out how they're improving, how they're making impact, how they're helping people out there, I think is critical. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I did was I would have, each member of that team sit with our sales team once a month. I'm hmm. or, or, sorry, once a quarter it was, not once a month, because that would have been a bit too long. But they would sit and listen to a sales call. And they would hear some of the things that the market is going through. And they would hear mm-hmm. you know, what people are facing out there and what they're thinking about and what they're trying to accomplish and what they need within a, a software product. But they would mm-hmm. also hear how much they love it. When they see the product and sales shows them this and walks them through this and they're like, wow, that's so cool. And I, I think it's important for engineering to hear that people absolutely love it. Right. Yeah.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, of course we, you know, we're builders, right. And we wanted to see that what we're building people are excited about, right. That we're not just a a cog in the machine. Um, so I, I, love that. I also, with my own teams would have them do a shift on customer success, so you want to, you want to get the kind of unvarnished uh, view of how people are seeing your product, if you, especially when it, when it pertains to quality. So especially engineering teams that are maybe disconnected from QA or don't really feel don't really feel the impact of all those bugs sitting in their queue. Have mm-hmm. them go do a shift on QA and and have to actually make excuses for and and atone for the quality issues in your product. Um, not only does it you know, help them be more vot- motivated around quality, but it also, again, helps them connect with and, and care more about the customers.
0: I love it. I definitely think that they're going to see a lot of things that uh, they're going to want to improve because I know sitting on some of those customer success calls myself, it gets a little <laughs> nerve wracking when the system doesn't do quite what you're hoping it would do. I
1: I did it myself uh, several times. And so this company I was working at, we had these these customer success like personas, like you weren't just talking to one person, your ticket might actually get passed around. So I was Kelly. Um, I was a 20 something active, um, you know, person that was that was very bubbly and cheerful and really loved making customers happy. And we had our whole persona around that. Um, And acting as Kelly, I had to work with a very disgruntled Marine who was very mad about the quality issues in our product and was just cussing at us and, and just saying the nastiest things. But forcing myself into that persona um, and helping them through that, through that issue, he actually came back and said, you know what? I'm so sorry. I didn't even think you were real people. I didn't re- I was just sort of yelling into the void and you know what I'm I'm so grateful that you took the time and you helped me with my issue and actually became a fan and left us like a five star review on the on the app store um so it was uh it was a big challenge for me personally to get over some of my normal maybe curmudgeonly ways around uh you know as ah, the quality issues the, it's the user problem right um or or yeah customer problem but it was actually a good opportunity for me to um to make a connection and again Take pride in in our work.
0: That's so cool. That's that's one of the best experiences. If you're helping somebody in support, is they're really upset, and then to turn them into a raving fan is like yeah. the gold, right? Yeah, exactly.
1: And it just that's takes so cool. man. It just takes care, right? When customer success, especially when it's just a numbers game, probably the same thing in sales. When you're just trying to crank through deals or churn through tickets, and you lose that customer connection, um, quality suffers, and customers are impacted and and uh, you have to ask yourself, what's worth the trade-off? Cranking through a few extra deals, maybe hiring an extra support person or two, or the churn that comes with uh, losing a customer?
0: For sure. Yeah, exactly. That's a good way to think about it. What are some of the challenges that, that these leaders are facing that you're working with, and, and how do you help them overcome these challenges?
1: Yeah, well, you know, in my in my startup accelerator, uh, we focus on a few key areas here, mainly around people, process, and product, right? So, how do you uh, build a really strong team that is aligned with the mission, that is talented and motivated? Um, how do we align those teams towards a common goal and give them the structure and the process to execute uh, and get the job done? And then, how do we create incredible? Customer experiences, build great products, and solve really important problems. Um, and obviously, all of this culminates in, you know, product market fit, really great team culture, um, scalable process. And then ultimately that turns into runaway growth and scale and easy fundraising and easy sales and great retention and great reviews and great sentiment and virality and all the fun stuff that we're looking for. And on the other side of that is Stalling, burning money, losing people, overhead managing teams that aren't performing, sloppy process, quality issues, and ultimately the death spiral, right? So it all kind of comes down to those those few key pillars, and that's what we're focusing on every month in the accelerator.
0: I love it. And are you able to tailor your coaching approach is something I think about with with our group as well with our mm-hmm. members. Are you tailoring your coaching approach to kind of meet the specific needs of each client? How does that work?
1: Yeah, um, not exactly each, each client, but I definitely crowdsource. So I like to say it's, it, this is not a, a typical, this isn't your, your dad's accelerator program. Um, it isn't a course that you kind of jump into and you, you run through a structure and there's a demo day and you graduate and we take a chunk of equity. Um, mm. this is a, an agile process. I'm I'm an agile evangelist, always have been. Um, I, I use it heavily in my coaching. That's actually where the name full cycle came from, um, is I'm always looking at feedback loops and continuous improvement mm. cycles. And so the same thing in the accelerator. Every few months I pull my members and gauge what are the biggest challenges that they're dealing with at the time, and then I craft custom, you know, I customize the curriculum towards those challenges. So for example, this quarter, there's a lot of focus around fundraising. Everyone's trying to go out and raise money right now. It's really difficult. And so I'm having a, a really great expert on fundraising come and do a workshop. And then we're going to do some challenges and some, uh, some exercises around getting our, our, our story straight, getting our pitch really dialed in, doing our market research and, uh, and landing
0: that, that series a Super cool. I love that. It's uh, the, the ability to be able to take the feedback and take what people need and what's happening right now and, and turn it around and get them their, their answers is so cool. So well done with that. That's really cool. Thank H- you. How do you, when you're working with somebody, how do you, are you able to kind of draw from your own experience and mm-hmm. what you've done to be able to help others kind of leverage their strengths and really maximize their potential?
1: Yeah. Um yeah, in some cases I I try not to I try not to rely on my own personal career experience. I really rely more on the perspective that I have working with so many different companies. Um you know, as as an executive coach, I work with about a dozen uh companies at a time and in my accelerator I have about a dozen clients, you know, coming and going. So anywhere from you know, 10 to 20 companies at a time, I'm seeing the patterns, I'm seeing the challenges that they're working with, seeing what's working and what isn't working. And I hate to say, you know, experimenting with some of them seeing, let's try this over here. Ooh, that worked really well. Let me leverage that in my other clients. And oh, we tried that didn't work. Okay, not going to do that again. Um, so I try to rely more on their experience than my own. Except when it comes to coaching, obviously, coaching as a leadership style, obviously i'm I'm the, you know an expert in that, and so i uh, I lean in pretty heavily in my coaching experience trying to turn these executives into coaches themselves because that's really what it takes to delegate effectively. And that's what scaling up a team is all about is being able to delegate effectively. Um, mm. It's not about manage, you know management is about getting the task done, right? But coaching is about, is, is about getting the ownership or transferring the ownership and the accountability of not just that task, but the entire role. Um, and so that's really what it comes down to. It's just another feedback loop, right? Coaching is a way of saying, okay, go do a thing. Let me give you feedback. Let me give you some guidance. Why don't you try this? Why don't we give you some tools and some frameworks to help you put it in perspective and, and continually improve? And I'm here for you when you need me, but you're the one in the driver's seat.
0: That's, that's phenomenal. I love it. What are, some of the biggest mistakes you're seeing that new leaders are making out there.
1: Yeah. Um, well, you know, the, the, the time honored tradition of, of uh, wearing too many hats uh, doing, trying to do too many different things and not delegating effectively because we feel like we're so great at everything that nobody can do it as well as, as we can. Mm. Um, usually that's wrong. We tend to maybe inflate our ego a little bit about how good we are at doing something, but also, we might be the best at a particular task when we can focus on it, when we were an individual contributor. Like, yes, I was the best coder on my team when that's all I was doing. But when I'm doing 17 different jobs, I'm actually a pretty terrible coder because I can't focus on it. Um, so not only delegating the stuff that we don't like, But delegating the stuff that we do like or think we're really good at uh, is a really, really common pitfall that um, that many founders deal with. So not delegating early enough or not hiring early enough for those really critical roles um, and and not focusing across the business and, and really understanding the big picture of the business. So. I talk about the the, my, the model that I use is thinking like a founder versus thinking like an executive. So a lot of founders in the early stages, they're either really focused on product, really focused on sales typically, but that's not enough to build a business. So thinking like an executive is thinking about well, what are the ramifications of this decision or of this process or of this product across the entire business and how do we work together, how do we collaborate and coordinate? You know, it's not enough to to build a really great product. We have to be able to sell it. We have to be able to market it, right? We have to be able to to create a business model that that's profitable or a pricing model that fits the market um, and so on and so forth. So, you know, it's not just about wearing 17 different hats, but it's being an orchestrator of all of these different functions into a, a cohesive whole. And that's something that takes a lot of maturity.
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree. It definitely takes maturity. I'm glad that they have you helping them with it. Uh, what you. would you say are some of the the qualities and skills that successful executives possess?
1: Um, well, certainly, you know, humility uh, is probably the number one thing is just self-awareness of understanding what our strengths are and what our weaknesses are. Not to the extent that it creates self-doubt uh, or that it creates hesitation because we also have to act decisively, uh, even if we don't have all the information or all the skills, um, but just that self-awareness that even if things are going incredibly well for us, um, there is luck involved, and there are other people that are that are helping us get there. Um, so I would say is is the the number one thing. The other one would be, I would say, a resiliency or almost a buoyancy, if you will. That that challenges are going to come, you're going to take knocks, you're going to take hits, and you got to be able to continue to push forward uh, without letting it, you know, get you down or or um, I, I call it uh, acting or leading out of confidence versus leading yeah. out of fear. So some of us, when we get knocked, we get fearful. Right. We're afraid. We don't want to, that hurt. We don't want to get hit like that again. And mm-hmm. so then we hesitate. We pontificate. We get stuck in analysis paralysis. Um, instead, we have to lead out of confidence. So actually, one of the things I do is I actually do a kind of a a meditation exercise where I have my clients, you know, close their eyes, take a few deep breaths and think about that thing that was really scary for them. It could be, you know, when, when we lost a big client or I had to fire a bunch of people or we didn't make that fundraising or we were almost out of, you know, we didn't make payroll. Okay. Where do you feel that in your body? And it's usually down in your gut somewhere. It's like a, I'm feeling it right now. It's kind of this like tingly, (laughs) right? Yeah. Right. That tingly crackly feeling down in your gut. Okay. Now think about a time where you were really confident when you, when things were flowing, when you were, you know, at the top of your game and how does that feel? Okay, I'm feeling like a chills up, like up in my shoulders, I'm feeling right now, right? So now when I'm faced with a challenge or faced with a big decision, take a moment and say, what am I feeling right now? Am I feeling that crunch down in my gut? Or am I feeling that tingle up in my shoulders? Mm. That tells me, am I leading out of confidence or leading out of fear? Mm. And depending on what I'm doing, if I'm feeling that fear, I got to reset. I got to challenge my assumptions, challenge my decision and get to a place where I can feel some confidence.
0: That's next level. That's amazing stuff, Eric. I love it. So, you know, as we wrap up here, what advice would you have for early stage software leaders?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, first and foremost, uh I would say don't worry about the money, don't worry about the product, focus on the people that you're serving. I call it find your tribe, so focus mm-hmm. on a group of people who you want to make a difference in their lives and their world. Um and th- there will be an overabundance of problems and an overabundance of solutions and potential products you can build. So don't get tied to the product. Don't even get tied to the problem, but become incredibly passionate and obsessed with your customers. Um, Build that empathy, build that connection with them. That's going to be the thing That's going to get you to stand up and dust yourself off and keep going when times get tough. That's going to be the thing that's going to create raving fans and loyal, you know, loyal advocates for you um, because you're really putting them, you know, first and foremost, Uh, and then do the same thing for your team as well, right? Make sure that you're hiring people not just because they can do a task or do a job, but because they're, I, I call them your Avengers, right? They're your superheroes. They're all unique. They all have complementary skills, um, and, and, you know, become that coach that they need to realize their full potential and they're going to do great things for you.
0: Phenomenal advice. I love it. Couldn't have said it better myself. This has been awesome, Eric. I really appreciate you coming on and sharing all your wisdom with us. How can our audience learn more about what you're doing?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, well, so check me out at, at chaos Uh, you can find my, my podcast there as well as links to my accelerator and, and various free tools, uh, and, and, and things that I offer there. Um, you can also go to fullcycleproduct.com, uh, which is more my sort of coaching and consulting business. Um, basically either of those websites, you could also find me on LinkedIn, uh, and I'm sure we can share all those links in the show notes, but connect with me, follow me download my tools, free stuff. I love to give stuff away to founders and and help them any way that I can.
0: That's phenomenal. We'll put all that into the show notes, make sure everybody has that. So click in there if you uh, heard that and want some of that action. Eric, this has been awesome. Thanks for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Likewise, Matt. It's really a pleasure. Great to see you again. Uh, Very cool. Likewise. So everybody out there, thanks for being here. Really appreciate it. Make sure that you subscribe to the show. You don't want to miss up any of the people that we have coming up here now. We've got some great guests and I want to make sure that you see them and hear them. So get that subscription in there. Also, we are looking for reviews. So if you think this show is helpful for you, if you're learning how to get better at your company, definitely give us a review. I'd love to see it and make sure that we're getting you what you want. So thank you for being here. Take care. Bye-bye.
1: Thanks for listening to Scale Your SaaS. For more help on
0: finding great leads and closing more deals, go to mattwallach.com.